guys and assalamualaikum. This is episode 7 of Hijabi's Drink Coffee 2 and today is a special episode because I'd like to welcome my first guest onto the podcast. Her name is Eve Abu Ali. She is a Canadian Muslim hijabi influencer who loves expressing herself through the arts. Her honest Instagram page is where she openly expresses herself through her modest fashion. She talks about the cultural and religious differences she faces in, in a humorous way on her TikTok, Radical Muzzies. And to also help me um, interview her today, I have my co-host, Nazaha, who is also part of the Lil Bean Squad. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's Nazaha here. All right. So to start off, we wanted to do a little bit of an icebreaker so you could kind of get to know um, Eve a little better. Um, so the rules are, so we're going to ask questions and you have up to five seconds to answer. And, um, for the song association one, you have like 10 seconds to answer because it's kind of a little bit harder. Okay. All right. Gotcha. (laughs) Are you ready to start? (laughs) Yes. Let's do this. Okay. (laughs) All right. So what's your favorite color? Purple. Favorite ice cream flavor? Um, pistachio. Okay, list the following cartoon characters in order of most favorite. Barney, Dora, Powerpuff Girls. Okay, Powerpuff Girls, Dora, Barney. All right. Um, Next question. Would you rather have the ability to fly at 10 miles per hour or run at 100 miles per hour? Fly, obviously. Okay. (laughs) Write the Disney original shows. List them. uh, Your favorite. Ant Farm, Phineas and Ferb. Wizards of Waverly Place and The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Wizards of Waverly Place, Ant Farm, Phineas and Ferb, and Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. All right. So I'm going to switch it to Nozaha now. Okay. <laughs> All righty. So, okay. This is like a little round and it's called the Would You Rather Fan Edition. Okay. So this is just like regular Would You Rather questions with just celebrities in them. So the first one. Who would you rather do an escape room with, Zendaya or Hunter? Zendaya. Oh, my God. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next one. This involves uh, overplayed songs. So okay. which song would you rather listen to for the rest of your life, Watermelon Sugar or Bad Guy? Watermelon Sugar. Oh, um, yes! <laughs> I don't know. Billie Eilish is good, but I kind of, I'm not the biggest fan of her like I used to be when she was first starting to get popu- popular. Yeah, I've been, oh I've been a Billie stan for like four years now. I like, know. I, I could feel the tension when I said that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you want to choose that? <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, like, <laughs> Billie has a huge fan base now. She so, does. Like, so she's, she's not going to miss mainstream. out on me. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Harry, Harry is legend. He's yeah, Harry is legend. 100%. Yes. <laughs> All right. So who would you rather spend Eid with? Zayn Malik and his family or Ariana Grande? <gasps> but Zayn, is he, is he a muzzy or no? I don't know. I I think that no, because he's Ariana. I feel like I feel like Ariana would just like make me feel so special. I don't know. I feel she'd just like be so sweet to me. (laughs) Yeah, she is so sweet. Actually, but I think Ariana. Yeah, yeah, I'm more of an Ariana fan. Yeah, I think Zayn spent Eid with Gigi with his family. That's like I remember seeing a picture of her and Sherlock Holmes, and like Brit does. He kind of is like Muslimic, I guess. 
I guess. <laughs> All right, next one. Um, this is a little bit complicated, but okay. would you rather be a Harry's best friend, but only spend time with him like twenty four seven on tour, like you kind of work with him on tour, or just be um, well, now you like kind of said that you're not no longer Billy's fan, but hey, I am be- her fan. <laughs> I am her fan. I just like don't listen to her like everybody else does now I'm not I don't know she's cool but I'm just <laughs> all right, not all like... right. <laughs> no shade no shade okay no shade. so or would you rather be Billy's fan I mean sorry best friend but just not with like be on tour with her just like you know regular I feel like I'd want to be Billy's friend because I feel like oh be okay more... oh. <laughs> the tables have shifted I feel like I'd be more like that would be more of like a real friendship if I'm with Harry Styles and I'm just on tour the whole time he ain't gonna give me no attention he's gonna be too busy <laughs> <laughs> all right and then the last one would you rather have a stack of pancakes or waffles for breakfast is that not like the same thing <laughs> just different shape <laughs> Probably... that's what i say you know like waffles are a little bit crunchy mm-hmm. and like pancakes is like Softer. smooth you know okay, yeah. maybe <laughs> um waffles waffles i, I think waffles hey. sure yeah, yeah we'll here. <laughs> all right so we're gonna move on to the song association part okay all right so you have i Wait, let me turn the timer on. Hold like on. 10 seconds. 10 we'll seconds. To- Sweating. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have 10 seconds to answer. All okay. right. First word is bad. I'm the bad guy. Dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, next word we have is baby. 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 <laughs> All right, and then we have dance. Uh, um, <laughs> Get up and dance with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right at the last second. Oh, okay, good. I was like, <laughs> what is that song? How does it start? But I got it. <laughs> All right, and then um, the last one, happy. Because I'm happy clap along if you feel like <laughs> <laughs> I hate all that right, song. you got like all of them right. Okay, awesome. Good job. Thank you. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun. Oh, that's my phone. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's move on to the discussion part of our podcast. Okay, cool. Because I feel like this is the reason why we came together to talk about this. Yes. So yes. Right, so we're gonna they're gonna we're gonna separate um what our conversation into three parts. The okay. first part we're gonna talk about is the Muslim experience and how Muslims in the Western world kind of struggle with their identity and mm-hmm. and then the second part is going to be about mental health and how um Muslims or just people in general how they um, struggle with mental health and how. Um, we can help them or like the at least in my uh, amount of advice we can give to them mm-hmm. and the third part's gonna be kind of fun it's gonna be about poetry and um you you write poems right yes I do I try to all right <laughs> okay well I mean a, expression in any way is I think very valuable so agreed. yes <laughs> um so to start off we're gonna talk about the Muslim experience so 
Um, just to start the discussion, um, both of us, like me and Azaha, and I'm pretty sure you're um, you're in Canada, so mm-hmm. we all have like struggled with our religious identity growing up. I, I don't know how much yeah. all of us have struggled, but I'm pretty sure there is some sort of extent to mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So um, personally, I went to an Islamic school, so I mean, I struggled when I went out of uh, Islamic school. So how do you think you struggled with that? Um, I used... I. I grew up around a lot of different groups of people. I never went to Islamic school, though. I went to, like, public schools. Um, I think the struggle of, like, identity really started when I started wearing hijab in junior high. And I was just, like, my school, my grade was predominantly non-Muslims. Mm-hmm. And I think I struggled with, like, appearing Muslim and what being Muslim meant to me around all these, like, non-muslim people in like a western society and how i Mm -hmm. like felt comfortable expressing being muslim like i honestly feel like i suppressed it a lot like oh i'm arab but like i'm just like you like we're the same you know type of thing when i should have just tried to be comfortable in myself and not have let other people's influence like affect me but you know it's inevitable Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like everyone kind of goes through that phase yeah. in middle school, yeah. like trying to find who their white like, people who... phase. That's what it's like. That's what people <laughs> call it. I had definitely a white person phase. Like I wanted to be, I wanted to be white like everybody else. So that was definitely yeah. something. I feel like at that time you kind of like open up your mind to see mm-hmm, people's mm-hmm. like true colors. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, yeah. oh, she's my friend. No, it's like, like you know, like why is she so mean? You know, like you have yeah, like those yeah. type of questions in your mind. Then definitely, like I feel junior high and middle school is a good big like growing points for Muslimin. All like that's like a good time frame. Yeah, especially because I feel like you learn that you aren't you are different from other people. Yeah. Like you and, and the you way people kind of view you that. too, and how you're like, wait, people view me like this and not how I actually am can be a little bit um harmful yeah like based on your appearance and not your character which yeah, kind of yeah 100%. yeah like I started wearing hijab in the seventh grade um so did I oh really <laughs> yeah. yeah it was like it was like a month or two into the school year so it's like already a new school and like new people knew everything and I came into the school without hijab and then one day I just walked in with hijab and I think that's like 100% fine no one should feel like oh like I need to go into this new school with hijab it's honestly it is easier but don't feel like you have to do it that way because I didn't do it that way and yeah. I got a lot of questions from my teachers even like why did you start wearing hijab and my teachers were like why did you make things harder for yourself and and I would get defensive like what do you mean harder and yeah all that stuff and they would question me and be like one of my my social studies teachers she taught us uh, I think social and English if I'm remembering correctly and she was like our main teacher for the seventh grade. And she she asked me once, like, when are you going to take it off? Like, you just came into school and I'm not used to you and blah, blah, blah. And to be honest, like, it's not really her say to say those things to mm-hmm. me. Exactly. Yeah. In the seventh grade when I'm still trying to figure out what I am or who I am. But I just remember being like, well, I'm not going to take it off. So get used to it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, deal with it, y'all. Yeah, deal with it. Like I'm, like I don't know what to do for you, sweetie. This is me. <laughs> All right. So, um, so you talked about how you started wearing hijab too, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I started wearing it in seventh grade as well. So how did you grow to know its purpose? And how did you like understand who you were? Like at what, what, was there ever like a point in your life where you were like, yeah, this is what it stands for? Or, like, did you have to like learn through it? I think I definitely learned through it. I obviously knew like the basics of its purpose, like yeah. modesty and protection and all those things. And um, I just started wearing it because like I hit puberty and that's what I was taught to do. Once you mm-hmm. hit puberty, you start wearing hijab. Like it was very normal for me. I understand for other people, it's not normal and it's more like of a spiritual journey for them. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think I started to fully understand the depth of hijab when I was maybe like in the 11th grade. So I'm in my second year of university. So that was like four years ago or something like that. Yeah. Because I just felt like I forgot. Like I kind of feel normal when I wear it. Like I don't feel abnormal around other people. And one time I was working on my, I used to work at McDonald's for like two and a half years so this was when I was working there and this guy came in and he was obviously on something and he was kind of like harassing Mm -hmm. this lady and bothering her and she was really uncomfortable and um he was kind of like grabbing her arm and she felt really uncomfortable and I was like hey don't touch her and he just like snapped at me and he's like um just because you wear that on your head that rag on your head and that's when, like, things kind of clicked for me. I was like, oh, I am visually different to other people. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really notice. I was like, Ray, what is he talking about? This this, <laughs> this old thing? No. I'm just like, you. <laughs> what are you talking about? So I think that point and just, like, I remember having um, discussions with my older brother. And uh, his friend, he's, like, a white man. And he was talking about Islam and... Um, He's kind of just like very confused on what everything is, which is really baffling to me because he's been friends with my brother for a long time. But we were all talking about Islam and hijab and everything. And my brother was just talking about like the point of hijab is and how women have so many rights in Islam and that hijab is supposed to protect women in Islam and all those things. And I think those conversations and those situations shaped me to understand the purpose of the hijab and the purpose of dressing modestly like honestly I I if I were to put on because I try to dress the most modest I can and I believe that dressing what modest dressing is to me is like covering my shape and everything like that and I find when I wear anything remotely form-fitting I just it's not even because it's like oh god and everything that's a big part of it but it's also like I literally feel so uncomfortable like I could not I yeah. could not. Like, I totally I relate. Like, yeah. I could not walk out of the house in these skinny jeans. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like over time, you just not just you get used to it. It's like you know the worth of it, 100%. and you feel it yeah, inside yeah. of you too. So it like affects a lot of just what you do in your life yeah, as agreed. well. So like it helps you try to be the best Muslim that you can because you are a representation of Islam to a certain degree and Mm -hmm. and you're like reminded every second because you're representing that as well also because of the way people perceive you you know and you have to show that you're the better person than what you think I am because of what I wear so yeah that's 100% true yeah all right so let's move to a second part part two about mental health um 
So I'm pretty sure to some extent, all of us, you know, struggle with our mental health. And me, no matter what degree it's at, um, I think we all should learn to, you know, deal with it in a healthy way. So what do you think it means to have a good mental health? I think it means to kind of recognize when something's off and to acknowledge. I think the first step of any sort of change is acknowledgement. So I feel like if you can acknowledge that something's off or you need to seek some help, that is like a good representation of good mental health to a certain degree, obviously. Because everybody, yeah. everybody is different and mental health is like a, a, a scale. It's not just like one thing. And obviously some people have it worse than others. So it's not easy to just recognize. But if you can get to that point, then you're definitely making steps in the right direction. And I commend you for that. Yeah, I feel like making change is like the first step. If you can like talk about what problems you yeah. have then we can obviously change them so yeah yeah so um going off of that there's a lot of stuff obviously going on right now with muslims around the world and like media the way it portrays us so how do you think that the world the way the world stereotypes islam affects um, mental health of many muslims i think when you're told that you're something over and over and over again and you're not you can gain a sense of frustration like learning about the, I feel like the turning point of Western society and their hatred towards Muslims was like, obviously, the tragedy that happened on 9-11. And mm-hmm. learning about that every single year, as when you're a kid, like, my teacher taught us that. And she, honestly, she lied to us. And she didn't say what really happened. She was talking about, like, uh, Hitler and Germany and everything. And I found it such a like interesting topic until like the next grade, she talked about it again. And it was just like, wait, Hitler and 9-11? Yeah, I don't know. It was so weird. And I remember oh. telling like <laughs> yeah. my aunties and she's like, girl, what are you talking about? This is when everyone started hating us. Are you okay? It was so <laughs> weird. Like, I don't know if she did that on purpose because she was teaching it a grade earlier. Like we weren't really supposed to learn about it, but she brought it up. Mm. Imagine we were just talking about it because I think someone drew like a swastika on the wall or something and she's like oh, um yeah let's not do that because a b and c i don't know where she got 9-11 from it was not a, so such a weird experience <laughs> because going from that to the next grade and having like my friend write like an essay about like 9-11 and the whole situation and how they painted us to be like these horrible people i felt like i had to like defend islam being like hey that's not true <laughs> yeah and i was like 11 so I think from those points on you kind of it creates like this stigma in the in like a classroom like with your teacher and your classmates and everybody I feel that's like such a everyone has felt that way like that's such a weird experience learning about yeah and it's like yeah and it's like generally so sad for like younger kids who have to like explain these things too if you're a kid you shouldn't have to do that yeah exactly it's like you're growing up and you're learning about your own religion too and it shouldn't be a time where you're telling other people why this is wrong and this is right like you shouldn't and... have to be defending your religion when you barely know anything about it yeah exactly um what would you say like like what would you say to younger kids who are looking up to 
us and this kind of platform where we support each other like what would you tell them and how to kind of like survive this environment oh wow um I think just to know that a lot of things can be twisted and changed and fabricated into things that are not the reality of situations and Mm. to not you don't have to listen to everything that people tell you like do your own research and um, ask other people that you trust because you know they will paint Muslims in a way that is not true and they will paint like Americans and how the American government dealt with that situation that is not true and make it like this big euphoric like situation which is not real so -hmm. just know that people no matter where you go are going to look at you in a in a way that is not who you really are and grow to love yourself and grow to know who you are as a Muslim because what other people tell you is not true and you need to feel you need to have you need to go into those situations with a strong sense of self so people don't tell you who you are when they don't know you you know you so just keep that in mind and you know develop critical thinking you need to think critically and not just regurgitate what everybody tells you because regurgitation is not real and you're all (laughs) smart individuals who can think and question and create your own opinions yeah Yeah. wow even i feel so good (laughs) thank you i was like damn even i feel motivated i'm so happy i'm glad you know it's just like experiences shape you and feeling like hey why the hell does everyone hate muslims like that was really like a turning point in my life like like what the heck everyone and i remember asking my mom like because i wasn't born yet because it was september 2001 and i was born in december so i remember Mm -hmm. asking my mom like you know all these things and she would tell me she lived in toronto at the time when everything happened and she was like, you know, people would yell at me. People would try to hit me with their cars. She used to work um, in a food court. She would, like, clean the food court. She was like, people would see me and then, like, make a bigger mess just to make my life harder. And knowing all that stuff that, like, your parents go through and, like, you're, you, you live in this world. And then all of a sudden, boom, everyone hates Muslims. Like, what the hell? How did yeah. this, How do we get to this point? Because elementary, honestly, I was chilling until I learned about 9-11 and everything. And then it was just like, whoa, the world, like my eyes opened up to like what Western society really is. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like when I was in seventh grade and um, we talked about 9-11 for the first time when I was in public school, I remember like sitting there like sweating and being so nervous. And I remember sitting in front of the class like I it was just a random day. I didn't know if that was that's what we were going to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Right. And so I was just like sitting in class and they started talking about it. And then they started like, you know, naming all the groups and stuff. Yeah. And I was just sitting there like all in this like this weird tension. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, guys. Like, yeah, hey. like I started wearing the hijab in sixth grade. And that was like the first year of public school, too. Oh, yeah. And like in sixth grade was like uh, in Virginia was like connected to elementary school. So I was like the only hijabi in the whole entire school. So everybody like all the Muslims in the school looked up to me. They're like, oh, my God, how do you do that? I was like, that's so sweet. "Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, I remember when we went to like a field trip and um, 
I think we went to like this art museum or something and they had like this really um cool like sculptured statue and it's basically a child just you know in worry from the 9-11 and the tragedy that happened right and I remember when the tourist like when she was explaining the story behind this sculpture this piece of art she just kept directly staring at me (laughs) and I was like um I didn't I didn't do that yeah I didn't do that why are you staring at me for I know like come on so yeah like every and I remember like every time she would stare at me I would just like you know smile I was like oh am I looking pretty and then I like clicked I was like am I looking pretty (laughs) (laughs) yeah I when I first learned about (laughs) 9-11 when I first learned about it I was in like the sixth grade well the first time she mentioned it it was fifth grade and I had the same teacher fifth and sixth and Mm -hmm. I didn't wear hijab until the seventh grade so learning about 9-11 and the way she explained it in the fifth grade I was like oh and then once it was the sixth I was like oh like we learned about this last year it's like a interesting time in history I guess you could say and then she plays a video of like them explaining it it's totally like putting the blame on Muslimin, obviously, the way that they explain mm-hmm. it. They don't, there's no consideration or anything. And I was so confused. I was like, what is this? Last year is about German people <laughs> and this year's about Arabs. I don't understand. So that was so confusing for me. Yeah, it really just shifted the tables there. Yeah. All right. So if we're done, if you don't, if you have anything more to say, let me know mm-hmm. and we can move on to the third part. We can move on to the third part. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so the part three is mainly going to be about you because I don't know much about poetry. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so the third part is poetry. Um, so how is impo- uh, poetry important to you and how can you express yourself through it? Um, poetry is important to me because I feel like it's a really nice outlet for me to get my thoughts out. Like, I've been kind of writing since the seventh grade, again, and because I just wanted to improve my writing skills and stuff, so I would journal every day. I've been journaling for a really long time, and poetry is kind of like another form of that, you could say. Instead of journaling your thoughts, you can journal your emotions and how you found those moments, and I feel like that's just so beautiful that you can captivate your feelings in words like spoken word poetry Mm -hmm. and yeah it is I was really into poetry when I was younger too Mm -hmm. but I could never write the way the way I wanted to it's very hard for me as a person to like express my feelings even through like speaking like words Mm -hmm. or like it's just hard for me I don't know like I'll be thinking something else and I won't be able to say it and I feel like that's where um I kind of like it like block. backdrops for yeah. me yeah I wanted to I, I would always try and write but I would give up because I hated what I wrote and I was just like oh, I can't this sounds so dumb like I'm just gonna stop and because I, I felt like I was holding myself back and trying to sound a certain sound a certain way that wasn't me and once I just was like the first poem I wrote was about my friend who um, used to wear niqab. Um, I don't know if you guys know her, Penny Proud. Honestly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 
um, she was trying to get a job and I was trying to help her find a job. This is when she would wear hijab, uh, when she was first wearing niqab. And um, mm-hmm. not first wearing niqab, but she was still wearing niqab at the time. And I was um, trying to help her find a job as a niqabi. And it's really hard for niqabis to find jobs because people don't want to hire someone whose face is covered. They think customers will get intimidated. It's quote unquote scary. It's blah, blah, blah. They all have these uh, preconceived understandings of what niqab is, which is all pretty much false. And I Mm -hmm. asked one of my supervisors um, if they would like, if I could, if she could help me get my friend hired at my location. I asked my supervisor and and then I explained to her like, oh, my friend covers her face. You can only see her eyes. Like, would she still get hired here? She's like, well, how is she supposed to make connections? Because you're supposed to connect with the customers and stuff. And um, that just really pissed me off because you can still, like, just because someone covers their face, or they're just, like, not human anymore. Yeah, they're not human anymore. So I wrote, that was like... Look, everyone's covering their face Yeah, now. seriously, look at the juxtaposition and <laughs> what she said. I um, and I don't, like, blame her or anything. She just doesn't know, right? Like... You know what I mean? There's just, yeah. It's honestly, it's all rooted in our education system and how they don't teach us anything really valuable about this world. They, they, they make, like, they fabricate so much. It's all fluffy. Like, they don't teach yeah. you the real stuff. And now we just don't know anything about anybody. You know what I mean? Like, if they just taught this stuff in school, we would not have any sort of, like, racism would be super, super small. And so would Islamophobia. But they just choose to not do that type of stuff for whatever reason they just choose to like sugarcoat it and just make it seem all yeah yeah you know my um one of my history teachers told me that when he was younger and he was um in school they they taught them that um like african americans like especially the africans came from africa obviously to america (laughs) at that during like the slavery Mm -hmm. time in um america they um they used to say they told they taught them that those people were happy, like they wanted to come. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that's why millennials are so messed <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's just honestly in the education system. But um, after that situation, um, I wrote a poem. It's on my Instagram. It's about the niqab and everything. And I just wrote how like you cover your face and you all of a sudden turn into like a brick who doesn't have any personality. And yeah, that's kind of like something triggered in me, and I just started writing about it. I don't know. I just didn't ho- hold myself back, which is what I used to do. And that's where I find like my poetry got better when I didn't ho- hold myself back from my thoughts. Wow, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> do you want me to read it? Oh, uh, sure. Or do you want to read it? You can read it. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. I just don't want to read it the wrong way, but I guess you can see how I perceive yeah, it, too. Really so. <laughs> All right. Though I cover my face, I'm still alive. I'm still someone that should be recognized, not as greater or less, but as equal. As normal, I laugh, smile, move, but that's not enough for you. My face is what gives me value all of a sudden. It's just you can't really give... You can't... <laughs> It's okay. It's It's just you can't really give a bit of facial expression, right? I cover my body. I turn into a brick with no emotion. Don't worry. I'll amp it up to make the oppressors comfortable. I stop trying for them. 
I only try for you. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So that's that's just basically about covering and how people perceive you when you cover and doing anything because you want to survive in this world, right? You, you need to make mm-hmm. money. So I'll do if you want me to, I'll amp it up for people who need me to amp it up in a way. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to sit here and try and please people in the society because we're not here to do that. We're here to please only one person or our creator. We're here to please Allah and that's it. So that's like what the last part is about. I'm not here to please. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. It, but the last line is just like, I'm here to please you as in like. Oh, God. sorry. Hold on. I'll just it. Um. So recently, you did a uh open mic poetry night, mm-hmm. right? So how was that? Like, did it really? How was your experience, and how did you think you like grew grow from that? So that was the second time I ever did a open mic. The first time I did it in, I think it was March for a different university in my city, and that mm-hmm. time compared to this time, I felt like I grew so much in my writing, and I liked my poems so much more than um, the first performance that I did. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just so much more comfortable with my writing and my work. Like the first time I was like, what if people don't like it? And what if it's dumb? And those poems that I performed the first time were really um, they're kind of dark <laughs> compared. So and awesome. sometimes I just get nervous because I feel like um, people don't really write about that type of stuff, especially like being like um, people of color. They write more about like their experiences as being people of color. And those are beautiful, beautiful poems. I love reading those poems and, and seeing mm-hmm. people of color perform them. But my writing is just not really like that. Only to only a few of them are. I write more about like my feelings and my thoughts and um, mental health and all the type of stuff because it's just like my style. And I remember being like, oh my God, everyone's writing about like their experiences and stuff. And I'm just here like, I'm sad. <laughs> so that was just like a little bit intimidating because it's like the first time you're those are like your those are like real feelings raw feelings and you're sharing them with people it can be really nerve-wracking but the um environment was really really nice and everyone made me feel really comfortable with my writing and it was it was so such a nice experience like at the end we were all just talking and everything and I was just like that was so fun I want to do it again <laughs> like what's the, when's the next one guys please invite me <laughs> but from then to the one I just did like a few weeks ago um I was definitely a lot more calm and I liked my work a lot and after that one after my second virtual one because I've never done like a, a real like um live open mic I've only done them online yeah. I was like, if this is, like, how I feel just online, imagine in front of real people. Like, I really want to do that. (laughs) I want to be able to do Mm -hmm. that one day. So hopefully, like, after the pandemic or something, if anybody wants me to, if there's an open bike, I, like, want to go. And I want to read them to people and see their reactions, like, with their faces, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Oh, that's so cute, though. I mean, like, it's so I I, I, I can totally understand how like you you feel vulnerable Mm -hmm. in front of a lot of people you don't know. So it's kind of hard to like express yourself in that way. Definitely. And I was like reading about um, 
Syria because they asked me to write about like one of the countries that are going through stuff right now and I was like okay well the one that relates most to me and I feel like I can write something super genuine is Syria because I'm half Syrian Mm -hmm. and um I wrote about the first time I went to Syria which when I was like six years old and um, about my grandmother and just like people who because I just like forget about everything that's happening like I feel like I just don't really hear because you hear you heard you heard about it so much when it was first happening now the news doesn't talk about it no one talks about it you don't hear anything about it and then when it comes up and you think about it it's like to be honest like this stuff does affect people who are living in the west who are Syrian because you have mm-hmm. you have family there and you know people who are there and then um refugees come here like you do get affected but obviously not to the same degree I'm not saying it's to the same degree obviously but then when you really think about it it's like damn like all this stuff is happening and you really can't do anything about it so that's just like what I channeled Mm -hmm. and I really liked what I wrote would you like to read it yes I'd love to read it all right (laughs) I wrote a rough draft in my notes from a long time ago and um, I revised it before the open mic on my computer like the first time I wrote it, I was just like getting my thoughts out and stuff and then when she told me hey do you want to perform a piece about one of these countries and stuff I was like perfect I already have one I read it it's it was horrible the first time I, I read it the first time I was like what is this <laughs> when I revised it everything I really liked how it turned out okay so this poem is called to Syria Reminded of my family living in a war zone, refugees, and I can't do anything. I look in the mirror and see my 18-year-old cousin without a mom because they decided to take her life away. I reminisce of the times me and my cousin Hamed would bicker, throwing disses left and right at each other, laughter all around yet knowing they tortured him and that he'll he'll probably never be the same makes me reminisce even more. My grandmother, taking me to the meat deli and buying me candy, make it with the Mr. Man, I'd ask. And she would. I don't eat them anymore because no one makes them as good as you. Meeting you once feels enough for a lifetime, planning many trips but never ended up going, Fear held us back. We'll go when it's all over, we'd say. Missing you every day. I see you and feel your pain. Though not to the same degree, it's still there. I miss you every day, Syria. So, yeah. Yay! (laughs) So, yeah, that's just about, like, my family members who have gone through stuff in Syria and I, I always forget to mention there's like Arabic words in here but um, I say which is like this dish that um, my mom and my grandmother make it's like meat pies do you guys know what that is yeah yeah, yeah I oh, think so yeah, yeah. so instead of the ones that you get in the store where they make it like a pizza and then like fold it my family makes them mm-hmm. like in mini circles like so like miniature ones and there's two kinds um there's one with like vegetables and stuff and the other kind which is dibisraman um is uh pomegranate sauce they put in the meat and then they put it on bread 
So I would always ask her to make it with the pomegranate sauce. And I would really like it when she makes it. But I don't know, now I grow older and I don't really like that one anymore. Maybe it's because no one makes it as good as her or I'm just like older now and I have like more adult taste buds. But yeah, that's kind of what I am talking about here. That's cute. That's so cute. I actually like this. (laughs) (laughs) I want to post these on my Instagram. I just don't really have any ideas on how to post them. But yeah. Oh, like, do you want like to write them yourself, or like you? I wanna... used to write them myself, but I just feel like they're too long now to write by hand. So there's one of my friends. She's really like she's um I look up to her a lot when it comes to poetry. Her name's Ama, um, A M I N dot N Z or something on Instagram. She mm-hmm. um when I was first posting poems and stuff, yeah. she followed me and I looked through her whole account and I read her like captions of poems and she has like a highlight of poems and stuff and she's mashallah she's very very talented and we performed at the both the virtual poetry nights we performed together and I love like she's mashallah very very talented and I like how she posts her poems so maybe I'll try something like that (laughs) but you should totally post it I think it'll be like a lot of people could relate to it and you know become aware of it too the problems yeah that's that's also like a very important thing to try and do I feel like I'm not really good at making gaining like trying to make awareness for things that are happening because I just want it to be perfect so maybe if I stop overthinking it would mean more yeah Yeah. I mean everyone has overthinking problems that's so true (laughs) I mean at least at least I do I definitely do I I, I didn't write poetry because I was an overthinker until I like let go of that and just wrote what I thought I liked do you feel like um when you started sharing your poetry that's when you started overthinking it um I just didn't think I was like good I was like not really that good oh yeah like before I overthink in a different way now I overthink like "Mm, it's not really that good but whatever I'm gonna do it anyways and see what happens yeah because like, I think I really like my poems. Some There's some I read them back and I'm like, I am good at this. Like, definitely, yes. we, can, <laughs> we, we got something going on over here. Like, this is not bad. But obviously, I always remember that, you know, you got to start somewhere with, with whatever you do. And when you start, mm-hmm. it might not be amazing, but that's what growth is. And if you grow maybe like it's just you always got to keep going and you always got to keep trying and not give up and not let your self and your thoughts get in the way of what you want or what you really want to do so that's what I would Mm -hmm. say to that question all right (laughs) oh and my friend's instagram I just want to say it properly it's a-i-m-s dot a-z so she's really good at poetry and I look up to her poetry a lot shout out to shout her out then to <laughs> is there are there any last words you'd like to say um i my last words would be do what makes you happy and um 
don't let your overthinking thoughts get in the way. Um, and if no one else believes in you, just know that I believe in you. And you got this. <laughs> Thank course. you. I'm just, yeah, I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to be on. I was so excited. This is like the first time I ever did something like this. So thanks so much for having me on. This was so fun. And if you don't already follow me on Instagram, my username is eve.ab. You're probably from Instagram if you're listening to this. And yeah. (laughs) Thank you for listening, everyone. Hope you guys have a great day. Peace out. Bye. Bye.